Uh, well, they, they said they said I was armed and dangerous and uh, stuff of that nature. But you know, it, it's it's a long story, man. I could just tell you like this. Um, Hip Hop Hustle Podcast, man. You heard it here first. He's not playing. No, Aaron's not playing. No fucking game. You got your ear to the streets, man. Much love to all the people down under. And make sure y'all follow the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man, because they're giving y'all nothing but the real shit. But yeah, man, appreciate the intro, bro. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's kick it off. Shout out to the whole Hip Hop Hustle podcast. What's up with it? All right, there we go. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I'm super excited about my next guest. It is the one and only Ponzo Houdini, who is absolutely blowing up. He is just knocking just achievement after achievement after achievement. You probably know him from the track Rich Lit, which is absolutely blowing up right now. He's also dropped a track Pray for Buffalo as well. You've opened up for people like Rick Ross, Kodak Black, uh young thug as well um you've also started in the griselda film so literally you keep doing so many impressive things man it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show and aaron man i appreciate you my guy you know it's it's, it's, it's a blessing to be here where i'm at after 16 years of hard work you know what i'm saying it's finally paying off for sure well have you felt that it actually took that long for you to really see some success like does it feel like these past like 12 24 months have been a huge change in terms of where your career was at and where it's going absolutely i would say the biggest change for me was moving to atlanta georgia um moving out of my hometown buffalo new york and moving into atlanta georgia which is actually the uh the mecca of the music industry right now you know i'm saying the urban and hip-hop music culture is in atlanta georgia so moving here was like a major help for my business as well as my career. And, uh, you know, like you said, the last 12 to 24 months, been astronomical. So what's the difference between being in Atlanta versus being in Buffalo? Because I know Buffalo creates some amazing artists as well. It's not like there is no music scene in Buffalo. So did you feel like the direct difference, like, can you pin it down to anything? Uh, Buffalo got, a lot of dope talent and is a, is, a, is, a, is a home of a lot of upcoming artists that will see the mainstream. Um, it's just that we didn't have no outlets in Buffalo. So it's like you can have all the talent in the world, but if there's no musical connections, no outlets, you got to go to where the musical connections and outlets are. So my thing is going outsourcing into a major city, which was Atlanta, which was what I picked, and getting the connections and then bringing it back to my city. And putting my city on so that's my plan for action and uh you know it's just this is a different feeling when you somewhere where people don't know you personally and they got genuine love for you as far as your craft you know your hustle and you know your product your artwork that you're selling to the people as if if in your hometown you know people got a biased opinion against you because they feel like hey we was in school together um you know we grew up together you my family member so, you know, it's a, it's a different respect level when you come into, you know, a place that's not your your hometown. Um, it's a different respect for your craft. It is weird, though, that the, the people that are close to you can hurt your career in a weird way. You would think that the people close to you are going to be the people that are most supportive of you. That's a true fact, bro. Like, because a lot of people that's close to you, you know, like, like I was saying, they, they got entitlement issues. So they feel like just because they know you, or just because they hang around you, 
you owe them something. And, you know, a lot of successful people uh, such as myself, we deal with that a lot. You know what I'm saying? They call it survivor's remorse. So a lot of people that's in position feel like they feel guilty for being successful. So it's like, for me, I, I have no problems like that. You know what I mean? I worked hard for this. I prayed for this. So, you know what I mean? If they don't like it, then shit, you know, it is what it is. You know what I mean? They just got to deal with it. But it's like that, man, everywhere. It's not just my hometown. It's every hometown. Every rapper can tell you a story on their on their journey about, you know, they them not getting the love from their friends, their crew, their family. They shit, even a significant other a lot of times, you know what I'm saying? Until they blew up. And then that's when everybody jumped on the bandwagon was like supporting them a hundred percent. Like the, the artist felt that that should have been happening from day one. You know, it is funny because no one, and you know, I, I also remember speaking to one of my friends and he was like, you'll find the weirdest thing in the world is the, your partner or your, your girlfriend, whoever it is, they will stand in your way when you try to elevate yourself sometimes. And that is the true test of whether this person is in your life for the long term or not is whether they want you to continue to get better. And sometimes it's a reflection of them that they they feel threatened that if you get to a level that is like you just become your best self, you guys won't make it work because you're then not at the same level. You will find the next person that will elevate your life so they can hold you back. And so it's really interesting that they would want to hold you back selfishly because of their own insecurities. Man, I actually dealt with it, you know, uh, and, and I'm not even here to speak ill will, um, but I actually was in a marriage and that happened to me. And, you know, I'm no longer married. Um, and uh, the mother of my kid, um, we actually are cool at this time, but it was a rough patch that I went through and I felt that same type of way. And that's not the only time it happened. It happened with friends. It happened with, you know what I mean, homies. You know what I'm saying? It happened with family members when motherfuckers feel like you about to take off and, and they and they and they not sure of their own situation. They start to try to, you know, throw 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 salt in the game, try to sabotage, you know, do anything to to stop you from being who you destined to be. But you know, at this point in my career, I'd have been through it all. So I experienced all of those things. So I know the, I know how to recognize the signs and the actions from people. So when I start seeing that type of energy, I just automatically get away from it. Because at the end of the day, that's very dangerous. You know what I'm saying? Like, they say the people that's closest to you be the people that can do the most harm. So you got to watch who around you and, you know what I mean, who you keep close to you. And in this music game, in this entertainment world, um, it's just hard It's just hard to pick who the right people to have around you. Because a lot of people have those tendencies to do what feeds them. So um, what I mean by saying that is they like to do for people that's feeding them. And the minute that you stop feeding them or that you tell them no, it's like they turn into an op, you know what I mean, an opposition. And it's like, damn, like I done, I done did all of this for you, but the one time that for whatever reason I couldn't, now it's F me, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, you just got to be mindful of the people you, you got around you and make sure the people that's around you are genuine people and not just opportunists just trying to use you for a come up. Yeah, it, it must be tough though now in the last 12, 24 months for you. Because For sure. like, I'm sure there are so many people reaching out to you now who are like, Hey man, you know, I remember, you know, like five years ago we did this thing or there's like new people reaching out. Like it must be weird to have a different type of attention in the sense like, you know, okay, you've dealt with, you know, 
friends, family, that kind of stuff, people close to you. But now you've got a, a wider audience looking at you. You've got, you know, a lot of people that you haven't interacted with for ever coming and now going, hey, we want a piece of, of the cake boss, so to speak. So Absolutely. how do you deal with that type of attention? Um, you know, a, a long time ago when I was in the streets, when I was hustling in the streets, I learned to decipher. And when I was in prison as well, I learned to decipher real love from fake love. Um, I know when somebody is trying to show me the fake love because they think it is they're going to get something out of it. And I know when somebody just genuinely love what I'm doing and want to see me win. So, you know, I just decipher those two things. And also what I do is I just try to test people like you really got to test people. Like, for instance, if you feel like you don't know if this person is a, is a thief or not here, you, you drop some money on purpose and leave it there and see if they let you know you, that you dropped the money. And if they keep the money, obviously, you know that they're a thief. You know, it's just basically you just giving out, you just putting tests out there. You got to test the people around you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just got to, you got to do certain things like that just to make sure that you can trust these people that's around you every day. And as and, 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 and sad as it seems, it's the people that you, that you know the longest that'll do you the worst and the people that you just met that'll do more for you and be the loyal. It's just crazy. Be more loyal. Have you actually done that though? Drop some cash and seeing if anybody takes it? Um, I, I've, I've done stuff of that nature. Absolutely. I do all the time. I, I, you got to set tests and traps for people to make sure that they, who they say they are. Cause a lot of people, when you first meet them, they got their manager or representative on, I mean, that's the face that they wear and they just trying to pacify you so that they can get whatever they're trying to get up out of you. And then, you know, once they achieve that the true person, or if they didn't achieve it and they see that they're not going to be able to achieve it, their true self come out. Or it's like, oh, fuck you. I don't like you anyway. Or you, was, you ain't going to make it. Or, you know, they start showing their true character. Or once they use you, they, you know, turn into a op after that. Like, oh, I got everything I need out of him. Shit, I can go on to the next. Is it tough sometimes testing everybody? Because, like, you, obviously it's a survival instinct at this point where it's like, I got to do this. But, like, is it tough to be like, damn, I kind of don't want to know in a way. Like, I do want to know, but I also don't want to know. Sometimes ignorance is bliss. But like, is it tough to constantly being thrown traps out and be like, fuck, like this guy or this person just didn't pass the test. And now I got to go through it all again. I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually heavy on my spiritual journey. So I'm the person that want to know if I can predict the future before it happened so that I can be able to know how to move accordingly. I'm going to always want to know and know what I'm dealing with so that I can face it better instead of getting smacked dead in the face with something that I didn't know that was coming. So do you just disassociate with them altogether or do you Absolutely. confront Absolutely. them? I mean, long as they didn't do nothing that was harmful to stop, you know, my health, my progression in my career, my finances, or hurt any myself or my family. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not that big of a deal. You know, you got to just keep pushing because I see a lot of rappers, a lot of rappers throwing a whole lesson away over stupidity. You know what I mean? For stuff that, you know what I'm saying, wasn't even that serious. Um, if it was an immediate danger, you got to keep it pushing, man, because, you know, you've been blessed. A lot of these people don't got nothing to lose. So the people that these people are losing their blessings over don't got nothing to lose. So it's actually the fact that, shit, I don't got nothing. So I don't care about me losing it. So, shit, I'm going to go all the way with you. But they, they, they know you got something to lose. So they like, he ain't or she ain't going to do all of that because they don't want to lose what they got. So you just got to know how to deal with these things. I mean, I started learning how to deal with these things by not associating myself with certain involvements. I think that's a smart move. I mean, 
Sure. At the end of the day, you got to make a choice. Is it your career or is it something else? You just got to make a choice. What's right. what will always come on top? And for you, obviously, you'll come on top. It's weird to me that people close to you, even though they don't have their own shit going on, would want to see you lose, even though you're helping them rise as well. Like it makes no sense to me. Like you're their ticket in a way. You're their like you're you're the ace, right? And then they come around and then they try to take advantage of you and then they, they're happy that you don't succeed. But it's like you're only helping all those people around you. You're not actually hurting them. So it's a weird, it's, it's this, it must be this like jealousy and this insecurity within them rather than actually their disregard for you. It just manifests itself that way. Thanks. Let me ask you this because you went to prison. Do you feel like, there is a difference in like the person who went in versus the person who came out. Do you see like a a real change between the two? I've spoken to some artists and they are like, it really changed me. It put a lot into perspective as to where my life was going versus where my life is now. Did you feel the same way? I'm going to be honest with you. I've been to prison twice. I've been to jail and did a bid once in jail as well. So my three stints that I did, brother, I can tell you that it changed my life a lot. And not only did it change me, it made me the man that I am today. And it groomed me to be more sophisticated at what I'm doing in this world. And I can't even lie. I mean, shit, I think I might've needed jail at that time of my life or else I would not be as successful as I am right now because the path that I was leading myself on, I wouldn't be where I'm at if I didn't have that time out. So what makes you say that you needed it at that time? Um, because, you know, I was crashing out, you know, I was, you know, you know, weed, liquor, heavy, you know, just reckless, you know, drugs, guns, violence, just the rec- the, 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 the recklessness of being in the streets. And, you know, it, it was leading me down a bad path. And, you know, I, I thank God, you know, set me out, you know, and said, hey, man, you got to rethink this thing because you've got a blessing that you've been blessed with and talent. And, you know, you got a whole career ahead of yourself. Brother, think about it. Those things that you sacrifice in your life for right now is not worth the blessing that I got for you later. So, you know, it was just a time out for me and uh, I appreciate everything. Uh, you know, Lord's will and I never, ever go back in those type of places again. But, you know, I can, you know, say that they did. I did use them for the greater good of, you know, making myself a better person. How long were you away for in the total for the three? Probably like three years altogether. It's not nothing. Uh, no, no, yeah, it was probably like four years actually, because uh, the the one my first county bid was in jail county was like eight months, and then I did two years in prison. Then I went on a violation and did another year, so it's probably about like four years. That's not a short time in prison, so no, like it really, it really made you kind of like, you know, reset. Did you have people in prison who were like, "Hey, man, like this is your opportunity. Like you're not here for a long time." So you can still, like four years is a long time total, but at the same time, you know, there are people who spend the rest of their life in prison. So did you have people going like, hey, man, like you've got some things that you can do and use this opportunity to get yourself straight and then reach your potential? Did you have people like that? I definitely had a bunch of people like that. See, the type of person that I am and my character, a lot of people, you know I mean, genuinely gravitate to me. Cause I have great energy and I'm a positive person. 
So, you know, no matter where I'm at, I'm always able to stand on my two feet without having to, you know, like per se, the most of these guys go to jail and join a gang. And like, I didn't have to do none of that. I stood on my own two feet. I was a stand up guy. I didn't, you know, hop on no punk shit. I didn't do none of that sucker shit that the dudes do that go to jail. So, you know, people just respected me for being the man that I am. So therefore, the OGs would come and they would drop knowledge and game on me. And they seen the, the potential that I got and the things that, you know, that I'm blessed with. And a lot of them now that I'm home and that they came home or some of them still call me now. They're like, oh, my God, bro, you know, well, you like one of the only dudes that was in here with us that went home and actually did what he said he was going to do. Or matter of fact, you're doing even more than you said you was going to do. So it's like, you know, a testament to say that, you know, me having those conversations with those dudes in there. You know, what I mean, I took everything into consideration and I went home with a plan and I stuck to it. I always wonder about the, the, the day you come out, right? Like, because it's a completely different life that you live in prison right. versus reality. Like prison right. is so conformed. Like it's very structured, lots of rules. Like you, can't, you don't really, you don't have freedom, obviously. But when you're out in the real world, there's no rules in a way. Like obviously we've got laws and shit like that, but if you want to go here today, you can go there. There's no real kind of like, you know, you don't have like, there's no world that says I got to go to work today. I can just quit my job or I can go right. and walk. Like you, these are all th choices we make, but what was the first day like of being like, okay, I'm back in the world. I'm back in society. Did it take some time to reacclimate to the way the world works and kind of having those freedoms back out to you? I think I can speak for everybody that, that did it at the time or even not even just time in prison. If you went to the army, Navy, you know, just being away at college, any, any, anywhere out of your normal habitat, it feel a little weird when you come back, you know what I'm saying? Or if you, even if you move out of town, like right now I moved out of town. Every time I go back to Buffalo, it just feel weird. It just feel different, you know, because a lot of things can change in the, in a short period of time. So just imagine how much has changed in the long period of time. It's definitely a weird feeling. You just got to get used to things. It's like you come around people. You don't know what type of vibe they on because you ain't been around them in a long time. So it's like you're just filling things back out. So it's definitely a weird feeling. Yeah. But, you know, you are where you are right now. So, you know, it's all it's all part of the journey. But yeah. uh, what, I, what I was really interested in is the Griselda movie and how you got associated with that film because – um, obviously, if I, I mean, if you don't know who Griselda are, you're obviously sleeping under under some rocks or something. But obviously, you know, Benny the Butcher and, and, the, and the whole crew. But how did you get associated with that film? How did you get put in there? What was that experience like? Shout out to the homies, the Griselda homies, man. Big Buffalo in the building, you heard. Um, I got into that movie. Um, the actual uh, producer and the um, director actually reached out to me. Um, and they was like, yo, bro, you know what I'm saying? Even though the movie is almost done, we want to throw you an alley hoop and give you opportunity to be a part of this. I think it's going to be something that's going to be something special with your involvement. And, uh, you know, I, I took the opportunity and shit. I was blessed with being a part of a masterpiece. The movie is doing astronomical numbers right now all around the world. And my role in that movie catapulted me to be a star in the next film, uh, which is called Pure Finesse. Um, which is by the same directors. Shout out my brothers, A.K. Reed and Deuce King. You know, um, they are the actual directors and the writers and uh, of the movie. And uh, they gave me the opportunity to star in Pure Finesse, which will be out at the end of this year or at the beginning of next year. 
And, uh, you know, I, I just want to continue my um, acting journey along with the musical journey because for me, they both play hand in hand, being that I'm an artist entertainer. You know, I'm not just a rapper, you know, and, and no disrespect and discredit to the rappers. But, you know, I wear a bunch of different hats. I'm not just a rapper. So, you know, what I mean, I'm, a, I'm an artist and I'm an artist does a bunch of different artworks under my belt. How does it feel to be in front of like a camera doing lines? Does it feel weird? Because hey, man, It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And to anybody that's listening, the key to success with the acting world is don't act. Just be yourself. If you be yourself, so like if they give you a character, the job for you to do is play the character as yourself. So if you was in that situation as yourself, what would you do? And that's what you react on the phone. And that's what I mean. That's what you react on the, on the screen when they're filming. So, you know, because I mean? if you acting, people can actually tell that you're acting. I agree. And then there are the the amazing artists who like, you know, the greats, like people like Denzel, people like, you know, Al Pacino, all those Definitely. people. Where Robert like, De Niro, freaks. Clint Eastwood, all of them guys. And you just look at them and you're like, that's like the 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 top level where they're like, you know, they've they've been studying the craft for so long that they're like, it's weird because when I think about it, there's no real kind of like movie star in a way anymore right. like the at right. the same level that it's they not, were hey man it's not bro like and i said this that's crazy you said that i said the same things like and, uh the movies from the 90s don't exist no more like the real like it's like it's like microwave movies so, similar to the music industry but i get why the music industry is in the direction that it's in and i and i and, and, and i'm a person i like the young the young crowd music i like the ogs music Cause I'm right in the middle. You know what I mean? I fall in the middle of it. I, I fall in the middle. I'm 35 years of age. So I connect with the youth and I connect with the OGs as well. So that's why my music sound a mix of both. Well, I actually discussed the, uh, and we'll, we'll definitely jump back to your music, but I discussed this literally yesterday about movies. And I'm like, it feels like with movies these days, they just pump them out to just make box office success rather than actually definitely. make legacy films because like you can even see in the dialogue and the pacing of movies these days it's like it's so quick and they don't take the time to really flesh out the characters it's all like action movies and like they might be shit and everyone goes see them they make money and the studio is obviously there to make money they're not there they don't particularly care that much about making you know the greatest film of all time so i think right. we kind of miss that part whereas yeah the 90s early 2000s it felt like People were li literally trying to make the best movie they could ever make. Right. It's more. It's, it's more. It's more quantity over quality these days because they understand that if you get a whole bunch of big names on it, people are going to get that view because it's all about views. So it's all about streams. So being that it's like back in the days, it's all about um, going to the movie theaters and going to see the movie, or maybe go to Blockbuster and get you a DVD or a cassette or a VHS. Um, those days are over. Um, so now it's like stream. So they don't even care what the product is like. As long as they can get clickbait to get you to press enter. And once you watch it for a couple seconds, they get paid. You don't have to watch the whole movie. So, you know, that's the game. So it's like, hey, man, it's run the numbers up. They don't even care about quality no more. We're going to get as much as possible. And content is like real estate. The more real estate you have, the more, you know, leverage you have and the more, you know, uh, money you're going to make from it. Do you know who who pumps out so many movies? 
The Rock. Oh, The Rock, yeah. He is like, okay, his movies aren't great. I'm going to be the first, but I'm like, he just plays The Rock in every movie. He's like above exactly. what he plays. He's just, every time exactly. you see him, you're like, it's The Rock. But like, at the same time, his work ethic is ridiculous. I look at him and I'm like, right. he's got a tequila company. He's making like four, five, six movies a year. Like he is just hustling all the time. So like as much as he's not in the best movies ever, like the work ethic that he has is unbelievable. Yeah. His popularity going to sell the movies anyway, no matter if they trash or not. Just shows. And he started with nothing. As well, his story Definitely. of like, you know, I think he said he had like 10 bucks in his pocket or a hundred bucks before he started in the wrestling. And like he was in WWE for, for how long? And, and just to where he's at, it just shows that like, it doesn't matter where you start. It's all about where you finish. That's a fact for sure. Tell me about your rise as an independent artist, because there's always options for deals. There's always options for, especially on the come up when the, when the success starts to roll in, like we said at the beginning, there are people who are going to come out of the woodwork and be like, Hey, let me get a piece of this action. Let me help you get to the next level. How does it feel being independent? And have you entertained a, an idea of being signed? Um, well, I can say, um, the independent game has been a long journey and it's been stressful and it's been very costly. And guess what? I do not regret it at all because on that journey, it's a lot of learning curves. I built a lot of connections. I built, uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, I built a fan base that's always going to be there. Um, and I built a market to where I know how to move every time I want to release a project or I want to release one of my artists' projects. I got a system. So um, proving the system has worked where, you know, the releases has been successful and the promotion and marketing has been successful of those releases. Um, I'm actually a major label just with a smaller budget. And right now we actually have a bunch of uh, labels that's, you know, in, in what you would call some type of bidding war to try to get me to partner up with them. Cause that's what I'm looking for at this time. I turned down all the rapper deals. I know um, another person that would be, at this stage in their career would we'll just jump on anything. But, you know, I know enough of the business to know that I can't, uh, you know, just settle for anything just to say I got a deal and then be crying later saying that, man, I should have never signed that deal. The labels jerked me. And no, you actually jerked yourself because you didn't do the proper preparation to prevent the poor performance of that contract. So I just stay, I just stay, you know, positive. And then, you know, once the right deal comes, then I'm going to sign it because, you know, at this time, I feel like I've exhausted all of my efforts independently. Like right now, I got a hit song called Rich Lit that's on every mainstream. It's on over 59 mainstream radio stations, FM, urban, and arithmetic radio stations, and top 40 radio stations in the country right now, as well as Canada. And also, it's, it's, it's getting played in every strip club and major lounge here in Atlanta and in the South. Um, the song has over almost 2 million streams and views all together and this is all independently so it's like i did all of that on my own it's it's no it's no it's no it's no, it's no uh, limits to what i can do when i got that actual machine behind me so what's the difference between a, a rapper deal versus a partnership deal well a rapper deal is you're an employee 
in a partnership deal is you're a business partner. That's the simplest way to, to, to simplify it. And, and being that I'm already a business owner and a CEO, um, I want to come in as a partner instead of coming in as an employee. Um, I'd rather, you know, that way because there's more benefits and there's more ownership and there's more equity in that type of situation. But I understand, you know, when you don't have no leverage, you got to do what you got to do. So I'm not against signing a rapper deal. But being that I created my own leverage, um, I feel that, you know, I'm I'm open and I'm a great candidate for a joint venture deal to be able to start signing artists and use the major backing and influence to keep blowing up artists and upstreaming my artists once I sign them to my label. It's interesting because you're not the first person I've spoken to who talks about leverage. And leverage is obviously key in any business proposal. What do you bring to the table versus what does the other one bring to the table? But I wonder for a lot of artists, they go, I don't have leverage now, but maybe I sign this deal and then I get leverage by the machine helping me blow up or get some certain success. Do you think that that is a legitimate view that like, if all things plays, if all things play well, that that could be a good move? That'd be a great move. I think that's what everybody should do that don't have a budget to fund their career, don't have the plan to make their career big enough to where they got leverage. I think you should sign a, a deal. And even if you sign a bad deal, as long as it's a short term deal, and use that deal to catapult your fan base and your leverage up. So then you have equity to go into the next deal and get what you want. Cause it's all about restructuring, you know, um, and it's all about learning, you know, you know what I'm saying? So like each deal that everybody signed, they shouldn't feel bad about it because at that time that was the right deal for them. Cause if you a struggling artist that have $0 to your name, living on somebody's couch, you know, working at a, a BS job, and you just a you starving artist and somebody come to you with a small amount of money, but an opportunity to change your life. And then that person blow you up and they say, hey, you know, uh, we're we doing this. I made this much money off of you. This is how much I'm supposed to make off of you. Um, there's no way you should get mad when they when they want to see a re- return on their investment because they invested into you when you had nothing and they changed your life. So you should always appreciate them. And it's business at the end of the day. When, 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 when a business wants to grow their business, they invest in product and they sell product. So they buy low and sell high. And that's how they make a profit. So it's the same thing in the music business. Somebody sign you, they're signing you to make money. They didn't sign you just because they think you're a nice guy or they think you're a cool chick and they want to see you win. They don't know you most of the time. So you got to understand it's all business. So you got to respect the person that invests their time, money, effort and resources into you. And they give you opportunity to change your life and, and let them get their money off of you that they feel that they should earn. I agree. And I think the hardest part is that like, it then comes down to, can you deliver on the promises that you made? Because like every label signs lots of artists and they know that not all of them are going to see a return on their investment. They need to diversify into the types of artists in terms of the markets they're trying to sell into, so on and so forth. So they might sign four artists that are similar to you and hope that maybe one or two blows up because then they'll see the return on the others. So it comes down to can you actually deliver on the promises you make? And if you can't, that's when those deals can fuck you up because then they spend a lot of money on you and you went into a deal that you didn't deliver on, it makes it harder to get your next deal. 
So I think it's all about having a bit of balance and understanding the risk versus reward and where you truly are at as an artist. I think some people sign deals really early, but they haven't had enough time in the game or they haven't even developed their craft enough to be like, I can do better. Whereas like if you've been, you know, hustling on the side for, you know, a few years, you've been working on your craft, whether it's publicly or not, and then you get signed, it's a different story. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, um, I think, um, people should get skin in the game before they sign so that they won't be complaining later. Sure. When you started, did you feel that like, you know, it was, it was tough to get your name out there, get the voice out there, you know, struggling artist is no one wants to be because it's rough. you got to do gigs. You're putting up your own money. You're doing whatever you need to do to make money just to make the music thing work but how did you find find it all on the come up i'm not even gonna lie when i first got doing music i didn't even care about getting it you know i mean like blowing up i just wanted to do it for my neighborhood um downtown buffalo i just did it for the hood so you know i didn't care if you know it reached to the masses or nothing of that nature but as i kept going and you know i did my first bid and i'm like yo um i gotta do something else but then i came home it was like you know, bills still overdue. I got to have a certain look because everybody else that's winning in the game, they got jewelry, they got nice cars, they got the nice clothes, they got the, they got the bag, they, like they got everything. Like they got the good girls, like every chick, you know what I mean, fly, nice bodies, like I got to get my money right. So I ended up falling back into that same rat race that landed me back in jail again. So it was like, um, when I came home, the last uh, what, what, the last thing that I did when I turned myself in, because I was on Buffalo's 10 Most Wanted, um, I actually saved up the money that time and was able to bury the money um, behind the house. I buried the money behind the house and then turned myself in and did the rest of my time. And then I came home with some money saved from uh, that burial. And then I used that money and just continued to push my career and never, never looked back. And it's like, hey, I, I'm done with the streets. The streets is not it. Um, I'm invested in my music craft. I'm going to start my merch company. We're going to use this money to keep funding our music. And then we're going to use this money to open other businesses. And we're just going to keep going from there and never look back to the streets again. There's so much in that short period of time. How did, what were you most wanted for? Uh, well, they, they said they said I was armed and dangerous and uh, stuff of that nature. But, you know, it, it's, it's a long story, man. I could just tell you like this. Um, um, I was a drug dealer in the streets of Buffalo, and uh, that was just my lifestyle. And, you know, it caught up to me. Then I ended up, you know, turning myself in and just did the time and, and uh, came home and changed my life around because obviously I kept getting in trouble for the same thing. This is not what I'm meant to be doing in life. Let me ask, were they more lenient on you because you turned yourself in? Like, did they consider I say they was because they could because they could have gave me way more time. They could have gave me way more time being that I absconded and was on the run. So I actually appreciate them uh, for being more lenient on me. But the fact that I didn't turn myself in did help in my, uh, help in my favor. So interesting because it's like a movie type stuff where you're like, I was on the run, oh, I turned myself in. Soon, trust me, the, movie is will, the name of the movie is called Hustler Dreams. It will be out soon. I'm just waiting to uh, debut that with my major label debuts. Um, I might be saying a little bit too much, but yeah, I'm, I'm actually in, like I said in earlier in the interview, I definitely got a, a couple of offers right now on the table. 
So whichever one I choose to settle with and uh, we, we come to an agreement and partner with, I will have with my debut release, I will have a movie attached to it. So, Well, what, what can I say? The Hip Hop Hustle gets the exclusives. For whatever reason, people like talking to me. Um, I know it must be the sound of my voice or something like that because even in my personal life, people tell me all their their life stories. But um, but yeah, it's exciting. It must be it must be cool to look back and 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 kind of go like literally. It feels like a, a film, like literally the stories that you can tell are like, damn, it's it, fiction is sometimes. Uh, I think I fucked up the saying. I was gonna say some. This is what happens when it's early morning in Australia. I have a thought and then uh, I forget it, but. It must be kind of amazing to look back on where you started versus even where the potential is right now. A lot of trials and tribulations, bro. Like I've suffered so many traumatic situations. Um, it's it's like, yo, how did I make it here? Sometimes I just look up in the sky and say, God, I know it was you, because it's like there's no other way. Like the stuff that I've been through, man, and it's like the stuff that I survived and the stuff mentally that I've dealt with. You know, like at a young age, my mother being strung out on drugs and, you know, she overcoming that. And now she's, you know, she's healthy. She's living a great life. You know, it's like I overcame a lot of stuff. Man. My father with a bunch of health issues um, overcame you know, a lot of that stuff, man. It's like I'm happy and I'm blessed to be here for sure. Do you have siblings as well? Yeah. How are they doing? Like when they see your success? Uh, Well, shout out to my brother. Money man, you know he's he got his own businesses. He's doing his own thing. Um, I appreciate uh, the fact that bro's been a loyal guy for a long time, and you know that's my brother, Money Man, a Flash. Um, and I got a sister too. My sister, I love you, Joanne. She's older sister. Um, and you know it's all love. Well, that's that's awesome. I got two brothers as well that that uh couldn't be closer. It's it's kind of. You know, I hear stories about people and not being close to their siblings. It must be tough. But, you know, when you are close to your siblings and they support you, it's one of the best relationships you can have. Definitely. I did want to ask you about opening for Rick Ross, Kodak Black, and Young Thug because they're, they're names that almost precede themselves. How were those experiences? To say, man, the experiences were definitely big learning experiences because those guys have been on the major platforms a lot longer than I have. So just me being a part of those things was like a blessing because, you know, this is what I worked hard for. Like being in front of those big crowds, it's like amazing, like 6,000 people, 21,000 people. Like, you know, that's that's something that, you know, independent artists don't get those opportunities. And that's the thing that I want everybody to know, like, all of these things that I've done, I'm doing it independently. Like I don't have a major label currently backing me or helping me get to this level that I've reached. Do you have like a moment, like, like how did Rick Ross reach out? Cause obviously Rick Ross is more than a hip hop artist. He, he also owns his own businesses. He signs artists, you know, he, he also changed the game in terms of what he was doing, but how was it? Did, did you get an approach or how, how did that come to play? Uh, well, gee, just being in the industry, um, you meet connections and you network and you meet people that know other people that's in the industry. And sometimes the people that they know might be higher than high on the list of top celebrities. And, you know, it was the alley hoop throwing. Shout out to my brother uh, from Boston, man. You know what I'm saying? I've got a guy out there in Boston, man, Eddie Fish. 
you know, he threw me the alley hoop because that's his people's. And, uh, you know, I'm just blessed to be knowing a lot of good people out here in the industry. Did you get a chance to speak with, with him? Absolutely. His dressing room was right next to my dressing room. So when he was backstage, like on the tour, I went on, then Rick Ross. So like I performed right before Rick Ross on that tour. That must have been pretty amazing to be to be to be able to speak to someone who has seen it all, has done it all. Like, did you get obviously wisdom and did you did you really see the huge benefit from from that experience, even just being around him? Absolutely. I mean, I learned like he got one of the best stage performances that I've seen in a long time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Him and him and him and the brother Slab, they they got a great performance together. Like Slab is his hype man. He's a part of the MMG label and uh they got a great uh stage performance. Does it take a lot for him to rehearse? Like, you know, I think some artists they kind of just No, trust. he got it down pat. He he got it down pat. He's been doing it so long. Uh, Rose got it down packed. So, you know, and it's kind of like myself. I got my performance down packed. It's the only thing different is, you know, throughout the time, the songs switch up. You know what I mean? The songs that I'm going to perform, but just the performance, the presence, the the backdrop artwork that's playing on the screen, um, the logos that's popping up, all that is already set in stone. It must be good to feel like you know what you're doing on stage because I feel like when you start performing, like, it, you still feel nervous. You still get that kind of like, you know, I don't know if this will go well. I don't know how the crowd will react, all that kind of stuff. Oh, no, this is like what I do. You know, I'm like a superhero when I get on the stage. You know how uh, Bruce Wayne turned into Batman? That's how I get when I get on the stage. It's like whatever else going on in the world stops, and I just focus in on being that performer. Do you have like a, a routine or a ritual that you do before you you get out on stage? Because I know some people are superstitious like that. Uh, well, I like to say my prayers and pray for a good performance and a good crowd. That's a receptive crowd. I think that's all you can really ask for, and just like Definitely. see what happens out there. And uh-huh. and obviously, comparing someone like Rick Ross versus like Young Thug, did were, were they very different experiences in terms of how they prepared for the shows? Um, absolutely. Um, it's a different vibe. Um, but I could say they both are great artists and they both got huge, massive fan bases that love and support them. And I was just happy to be able to piggyback off of their fan bases to actually help grow my fan base in that process. Well, I mean, you know, it helps when, when you get to, to see them doing their thing and it kind of helps motivating and keep you going as well. But, um, you know, it, it's just great to hear. Um, that that those experiences were really good because I feel like some artists struggle with them. They have an opportunity to be with these amazing artists and then um, they kind of, you know, the pressure gets them in a way. Uh-huh. A lot of people be starstruck. Like even just like these rappers, a lot of these rappers, when they get on, they've actually have, they're still fans of other rappers. So they get starstruck instead of seeing them as like, a, um, um, a, a, what you call it, a peer. They see them as an inferior. And so, you know, that breeds the fact of they'll get nervous. They're like, oh, my God. And it's like they start, they fanned out. And it, and it helps. And it hurts their performance. That must be. Yeah, I, I can. I can understand that. That like, you know, you've been listening to this artist for a long period of time. And now you have yeah. an opportunity to be with them. It's like meeting your heroes in a way. Yeah. 
And that's how that's why most people actually sign the Rock Nation. If you if you think about it, because they're big fans of Jay-Z, like a lot of people, if they had the opportunity to sign the Rock Nation, they would sign for no money just off the fact that they're big fans of just to take a picture with Hove. Well, it's like, you know, getting signed to Dre as well. Exactly. Exactly. The same way. <laughs> it's weird though, because like just because they have the name doesn't mean your career is gonna do better. I think that's Absolutely. what people forget. They all got they all got success stories and they all got failures. It comes with the game. One other thing I want to ask you about um is your track Pray for Buffalo, which literally just yeah. dropped. And that joint doing numbers. I think yeah. that joint is almost at a half a million streams all around the world right now. And it's only been out a week and a half. What was that about? Obviously, you know, for me, I'm not in the US. I kind of hear right. kind of stories like this. And, you know, yeah. in a weird way, it's one of a number of stories that I hear like this. But what was the, like, I, what happened? What was the effect and how did it resonate with you? Uh, well, I'm an avid um I'm an avid uh, person that like to stand up for my city. Um, so in that situation, it was, you know, a senseless acts of racism by one individual that felt a certain type of way against a certain race. And uh, I just felt like it was my turn and my time to step up and to try to just stop the nonsense because um, it shouldn't be about color. It should be about character. You should deal with people based on their character and not their color. And um, I felt like um, him targeting, you know, Buffalo for whatever reasons he felt um, it hurt our community. Um, it That's actually my community. I grew up on Jefferson Avenue, um, a little bit down the street from where that actually happened. That um, my, fa- my father actually lives across the street from that tops and shops at that tops. I used to shop and you, at that And tops you say well. in the lyrics that your father lives across the street. Absolutely. So it's like, that impacted me very much. Um, one of my friend's mother actually died in that uh, in that act of uh, racism or whatever. So it's like it impacted me a lot. You know, it, it brought turmoil to my city. Um, and what I didn't want it to do was start a race war because, you know, that's not what it's about at this time. I mean, it's 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 about everybody sticking together and weeding out the bad people that is not on the same page. I agree with you. And the weird thing is that, like, you know, I've, I've been a fan of hip-hop for a long time and listening to the songs that were made in the 80s, in the 90s, in the 2000s, still the same shit is going on. Still the Absolutely. same themes come up over and over again. And, you know, it's, it's kind of depressing thinking about it like that because it's like, right. I mean, this shit has been going on for such a long time and, they still keep happening and it's just like like you said i it shouldn't be about what you look like it should be about who you are as an individual and what you contribute absolutely and i find it so difficult to understand how others don't understand that yeah i mean and this is always going to be rotten apples in a bunch so you know you just can't you can't blame everybody for one person's act you just got to seclude that person from the group and uh, continue living life and just, you know, help the group come closer to stopping it so that we can try to prevent it from continuing to happen. Yeah. It just makes you kind of rethink, you know, sometimes you think you're, you're seeing progress. It's like two steps forward, one step back. 
And it's like yeah, definitely. these re- these shocks of reality kind of like, damn, we still got a long way to go before right. we can see, you know, our society that we live in feel safe and feel good for for everyone rather than just definitely. like in moments. Right. Yeah, for sure. Did, was it difficult to write the song? Like when you were writing, did you feel it? I felt that. I, I, I wrote that song in 10 minutes. Damn. I wrote that song in 10 minutes. Shot. And I was going back and forth with myself. Like, do I even want to address this? Because this is a terrible topic. And I don't even want this energy around me. I don't even want to deal. I don't even want to be in that mind frame. I just don't, you know what I mean? Want to, because a lot of times nothing actually changes. So, you know, but then my brother Butter, shout out to my brother Butter, man. Um, he's actually the role manager, my big bro and shit. Um, he on the team. And he, he was like, bro, man, you got to do it. And, you know, I just, that, that extra push right there, you know what I'm saying? Like, help me. And I, and I had the song recorded in 10 minutes. I wrote and recorded the song in 10 minutes. And then had a video a week and a half later. And I also did a, um, a, a food drive and we fed over 300 people in the city of Buffalo, New York, right there outside of the tops. And we fed the people in the neighborhood. I did that, you know, to try to give back to my community um, because I know that stopped a lot of progress for a lot of people. Is that your long-term plan to continue giving back to to your community? Absolutely. Do you have any Absolutely. like, like, you know, concrete plans as to how you're going to do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I really plan on um, creating opportunities for the youth as well as the elderly um, because I think those are the people that need the help the most. The, the kids growing up need direction. They need opportunity. They need other alternatives to the street life and, the negativity um, and the, the elders, they need something to keep them busy to keep them happy for their last years on this earth. So, you know, I'm working on plans to do that and I'm going to start in my neighborhood and then hopefully I can make it, uh, you know, something that I can branch out and do in other communities and then build a group and this nonprofit organization to continue doing it around the world. You know, it's interesting. I've always thought that like, children and you know um the elderly kind of make sense as like they would get along because it's like the wisdom of the elderly and the youthfulness of the youth kind of pair quite quite nicely it's kind of like this this like they they have a walking contradiction but they kind of make up for their own kind of weaknesses and strengths right do you have a time frame on that um, well, you know, as, as God keeps blessing me, I'm going to keep blessing the world. So that's how I see it, you know, and I've been doing this for a while. Like I do back to school drives where I give away school supplies, book bags full of school supplies, free haircuts to the kids. And I just try to do my due diligence um, to try to help out the community. Like I just uh, sponsored a spa day for the uh, for this girls um, <clears throat> after school program and community center. And uh, it was over what? 15 um girls that was um um, at the spa and whatever just paid for nails and stuff of that nature and you know i just like i said i just want to keep giving back to the community to keep helping out um you know build that camaraderie in our neighborhoods well i love it man i love when you know artists not only succeed but also give back to the community that help them succeed and give back to 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 society more than just the art form i think that we're starting to see a lot more of that come through um, 
across the board, I speak to almost most artists these days are starting to do that kind of stuff. And, you know, I think that is part of what makes hip hop great is like they're creating, but they're also giving back is that it's not just a selfish pursuit. That's a fact. Cause it's like, these people do all of this to help, you know, you become successful. Um, you should want to do something to return the favor. And that's what I feel like I want to do. Um, as much as I get blessed, I want to be able to bless the world. Well, that's an awesome outlet, uh, an outlook. And I only have one more question for you. Uh, it's probably going to be the hardest question that I've asked. It's the only question that I actually plan on the podcast. But you look at you, you're fixing Let's your go, hat. Brother. You're getting ready. Let's go. You got to get ready for the home run. My boy A-Rod got the billion dollar holler. Let's go. All right. If you had to recommend one album that everybody should listen to at least once, to get an appreciation of cannot be your own work, can be any genre of music, what would it be? Um, man, that's a good question because I got so many great albums that helped me get by in life, not just for myself, but from everybody. But I'm going to keep it on myself. I would say keep that same energy too. No, I actually got to go with the most successful album that I've released it um, to this day. Can't be, can't be your own. Can't be your own. Oh, it can't be your own. Can't okay. be your own. Because uh, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna plug your own stuff for sure at the end of the podcast. Right, right, but right, right, right. We can't, we can't name our own. Because if you ask me what's the best podcast, I'd be like, well, you're listening to it. So, um, yeah, right. cannot be your own work. I would say uh, the Jay Z Reasonable Doubt album. Um, that would be something that I would always refer back to <clears throat> because um, that what that album did for me was it showed me the beginning of what Jay-Z is right now. So if I'm somebody that's looking to try to be success, as successful as Jay-Z in the entertainment and business world, I got to start where he started at. So that is the beginning of where he started at and, you know, see where he also, see where it started at. So I can know how to get to where, you know, he's at currently or past where he's at currently. And that is an amazing album. That's also my favorite Jay-Z album. The, I mean, the evils, like I've said on this podcast before, but that is, there are just so many introspective songs about his journey, about his life, about what he wants to achieve. And like, you know, it, it's just one of those albums that really changed hip hop and was the catapult for his career, as you said. Sure. Definitely. Definitely, definitely. And, uh, you know, I could drop a couple more. Uh, Little Wayne, the Carter, too, was a dope album, too. Like, Little Wayne, the Carter, too. Um, there's a bunch of albums, but we ain't going to keep going. But um, these are just some of the albums that, like, helped me get through my youth and uh, be able to become a grown man in, in, in the music industry. Well, there you go. I can't complain with jay-z um and obviously you won't complain when it's ponzo houdini so make sure you check him out obviously he's on ig spotify as we we're saying throughout the podcast he's on all the streaming services he's just got his his song rich lit absolutely doing massive numbers and we spoke about pray for buffalo as well which is doing massive numbers as well um you'll probably see him on the on the screen at some point pretty soon uh, do you have a time yeah. frame for for the next release for your next film? Uh, uh, the, the next film should be out at the end of this year, beginning of next year. And, and the name of the movie is called Pure Finesse. So be on the lookout for Pure Finesse coming soon. And be on the lookout for my new album, Rich Energy, which will be dropping in the next month or two. And you also dropped uh, Keep That Same Energy, 
too. I yep, think. keep that same energy too. Yep. And then uh, the album before that, um, uh, keep uh, what is that? Uh, what was it? What was the last? You know the vibes too. I didn't drop so much music. I got over like fifteen albums out, so it's like sometimes I lose track. But uh, you know the vibes too. I actually got plaques for that album, um, streaming plaques from Spotify and the music streaming awards. Um, I got from from that album. Keep that same energy too. So um, that's that that that's certified as a classic in my uh, catalog right now. Well, man, look, I'm impressed that you can remember any album names. I can't remember half the shit I did last week, so let alone definitely, 15 albums definitely. and catalogs. Um, but as I said, man, absolute pleasure to have you on the show. It's awesome to see, you know, someone such as yourself thriving and doing well and giving back to the community. And and for anyone else, obviously show some love, show some support. Um, is there anything else you wanted to, to plug, anything else you wanted to, to chat about? Definitely, man. I just want to say, bro, thanks for having me on the Hip Hop Hustle, man. I just appreciate you, brother. And I want to plug in uh, a, a clothing line that I'm sponsored by, uh, Black Jockey Clothing. You can go to blackjockeyclothing.com and, and check that out. And also, um, you can check out spintvglobal.com. Um, it's new IPTV services. Um, that company um, has been developed to stop all of the high price cable bills, all of the monthly subscription to all of the movie channel ads and uh, $25 a month, you'll get unlimited channels, unlimited pay-per-view, unlimited sports packages, spintvglobal.com. Check them out. There we go. You got some some product placement, but obviously make sure you check out Ponzo Houdini and feel free to subscribe Definitely. to the Pop Hustle podcast while you're here. But uh, anyway, man, appreciate you having on the show. Man, I appreciate you, brother. My boy Aaron, man. I'm going to be back soon for sure. Believe me. Can't wait. I actually have a plan to move to the U.S. at some point. So, Man, I also have a plan to tour in Australia at some point. <laughs> well, hopefully, well, one of us will make the move first. I'm hoping at some point early next year I'll be uh, I'll be down in the States. But uh, if you're touring in Australia, i got the setup. We can do it in person for sure. Man, no problem, bro. And I'll, I'll keep you updated on everything, my guy. Awesome. Sounds good, man. Speak soon. Yep, yep. Ponzo Houdini, Cake Boss, Cake Boss, and I'm out. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news. Also, don't forget to check out my Patreon under Hip Hop Hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show. Bye for now.